Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hoid. And this is like the first combined, well, it's not. I guess shot show's coming. I don't even know how to start this thing. We got a lot going on. We are in the new office. We're working. We're doing videos. And I'm here with Chris because we're going to kind of dual straight dope podcast with the Everyday Sniper podcast. So, Chris, hey, we're here. Yeah, like welcome everybody. Tell everybody like what we're kind of got going on here since we're in the office. We need a name for this place. I know. We just call it the office. The safe house. The safe house. We're in the safe house. So for those guys listening to the podcast, we're kind of doing a couple projects. I mentioned with uh, Jacob there was a project and we're doing a few other things, but we're in the safe house. Welcome to the safe house. Heck yeah, 2024 is going to be an awesome year. So we're going to talk a little bit about... The calendar with SHOT Show coming up and then some other things that we got going on. Yeah, for sure. SHOT Show's next week. Monday, I head out to SHOT Show. And um, that's going to be really exciting. I don't know if there's a lot of new, I guess, is a way to put it. I mean, there seems like there's a lot of product coming around this year, but it seems like maybe smaller. I know Leopold's got a, something came out and then different colors on the Mark V. Uh, there was a couple little things happening, but it's going to be interesting what you guys are interested in with SHOT Show. Has anybody reached out to you at all? Only about the new Garmin thing. I think that like the Garmin. completely overwhelmed everything. Garmin really went next level with all of that stuff. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Lab Radar Who. Right. You know, everybody's yeah. on Lab Radar, Lab Radar Who. Um, cause the Garmin's just so easy, works really well. Everything's really good with it. Um, otherwise it's just like getting ready for shot, getting to the appointments and seeing everybody. If you need to see me, I will be wandering around mostly, but usually you can find me between AI and mile high. Now mile high is down in the, um, you haven't been to shot, right? And they blew it out. To explain it. So if you looked at shot used to be in the in the Venetian, the Sands, the Expo. Well, now they're in Caesars too. So you have to actually go across and leave and go out into another area. And the other area is every bit as big is the main area for shot. So it's really spread out now. It's it's a lot more walking. It's a lot harder to do meetings because it used to be. You can plan, okay, I, I'm going to see you at, um, at you know, 1.30 to 2. And 2 o'clock I get done, and then I'm going to have an appointment with the next guy at 2.30 or maybe 2.15. Now it's almost got to be 3 because you're not going to make it. It's like 45 minutes to walk across SHOT Show now. So it becomes a much, much bigger hassle for the, to schedule meetings that way, one after the other, after the other. And, and so that's kind of, you know, what's going on when it comes to shop. But yeah, drop a note. Uh, this can be posted to Sniper's Hide as we always do or in the comments. Drop a note that what you want to see. I will have one more podcast before shop. Tell me what you're thinking because I don't know if I'm, I need to, like Thunder Beast has a whole bunch of new stuff coming out. And I know I'm going to have Thunder Beast on the podcast to talk about their new line of suppressors. I won't tell you what the new line is right now because I don't know how much they've said. I know they've been out in public. I know I've shot them. I know I've seen them at the expo, but I don't know what kind of talk they're doing. I can say that people are going to want one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're pretty cool. 
Um, and the recoil management is crazy good, what they're doing. I mean, they're getting, I mean, think about it. That 50 cal they're shooting, that's a 16-inch barrel. Right, and I've got video of us shooting that, and it felt like uh, a 308 yeah. without a muzzle brake. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, it's a 16-inch 50 cal. They have a suppressor on it. It's not, I mean, the suppressor is big, but it's not huge, and it just manages recoil. I, there's video of me, too, shooting it off a tripod, and the first time was a little bit of a push, and then you get it, and you're like, okay, now I understand. Then when you get it the second time, you stack in behind it a little bit. You can see your splash. I was shooting like 500 yards and can see it hit, you know? So a 50 cal, 500 yards, I'm seeing my recoil off a tripod. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's unreal. It's, I told them they should name it the BBC, the big black can. Mm-hmm. But they, they didn't like it. They didn't like big black can? I don't see how. Um, I mean, that's what it is. So let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, our schedule because uh, mm-hmm. on top of everything, we've got a big lineup of classes that are really awesome. They, I think they'll appeal. We're already getting people filling up. The April's filling up faster than March. Uh, we do have March class and our weather should be pretty good, but we're we're pretty close to halfway full with April already. So the March classes are available for people. But yeah, go over the dates and let people know what dates we have classes going at um, in, in what we're doing. Right. So so to find it, first of all, you got to go to Sniper's Hide. And so if you go to snipershide.com and under the training, it'll have the courses and the locations and the dates. But the first one that we're having is in Fort Morgan at our lab. And that's March 15, 16, 17. And what you got to do is go there and then you send an email saying that you're going to come, and then you'll get added to the group. Yeah, we got a couple people already signed up for that, but um, like I said, April's filling up faster. So March 15, 16, 17, and then another one in Fort Morgan, April 12, 13, 14. And the nice thing about Fort Morgan is we have 160 degrees field, uh, fan. Uh, of a fan, but we have targets at 300, 500, 700, 900 and then 1,000, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 to a mile. And then even if, if, if uh, we needed to or wanted to, we could take it beyond a mile. And all of the angles in between have those sequences. So we can really get in detail about wind reading, wind calling, and precision and accuracy because each of those distances has multiple size targets. So we can appeal to everybody at Fort Morgan. I think that there's a lot of advantage to coming to a range that's that, that's flat like that with a huge fan with multiple targets at all these We distances. have a lot of targets. Uh, we can calculate angles, wind speed, wind direction, and all of the stuff that you're going to want to be able to determine you know, where, where is your level. And it's just right there. You know, we got a, a shooting area that's probably 50 feet wide. Mm-hmm. We don't have to move very much. And, 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 and I think there's huge upsides to a class there. Uh, and a classroom right behind us. So those are the two upcoming classes kind of in the near term at Fort Morgan. You sign up at Sniper's Hide. Now, the rest of these dates, they're all at Cameo. And Cameo is about three hours west of us. And it's just east of Grand Junction. But the Cameo shooting facility, if you're not if you're not familiar with it, just Google it and look at it. But it's got mountainous terrain uh, kind of western mountainous terrain. And so we could not only add huge fans of fire, but also uh, target acquisition, locate range and engage, 
complex winds that are constantly yeah. changing throughout the day. And for people looking to shoot in the field, there's huge advantage to that because target acquisition and then the subtle changes in wind are uh, much more dramatic there. And so those, those days are May 15, 16, 17. And don't forget, we have that access to Walt's um, hunter course we use on Sunday and kind of little mini comp it. And it's, it's a fun little blind stage course we've been doing on Sundays at Cameo. Mm-hmm. So that's nice because it's pre-set up. And if we wanted to do movers, they have a mover set up. That we they do have, have a mover. Set up. So, so we close down the whole upper field portion and we have access to that. So we've got targets to 2,000 yards and then field shooting conditions where... You know, we're out in the dirt, on the rocks, and mm-hmm. change all that stuff. But that's May 15, 16, 17. We also have July 21, 22, 23, August 17, 18, 19. So those are uh, kind of a mountain field-based course. And then in September, we're going to be there also. But that we're calling the IPRF train-up. Um, and that, oh, that's not, that's not a cameo. That's at Fort Morgan. Now, if you're coming to the IPRF and you want to get familiar with Cameo, for sure, if you come to the June, July, or August class at Cameo, we can talk about and work directly with target acquisition, wins, uh, I mean, May, June, July, August. We mm-hmm. can do that. You can get familiar with it depending on, you know, some international competitors are flying in right before. And right. If you have any time to fly in, we're going to do a train up out in Colorado. So similar conditions. They're just on the other side of the mountain. But, right. um, and then the IPR train up is in September, September. At, 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 uh, at our Fort Morgan facility. And I think the advantage to that goes back to the angles mm-hmm. and the multiple distances so that you can make sure that your dope is great and it's not in a fixed direction. We could say, okay, if that's true, let's change 90 degrees. If you know mm-hmm. if that works, let's change 45 degrees. And we can really true up not only distance to get them in that zone. Absolutely. But also precision, movement, and and uh, troubleshoot where people's weaknesses are that that can actually be tuned up in three or four days. And so that's September 7, 8, 9. Right, right. And then we have two more classes after the IPRF at Cameo, September 21, 22, 23, and October 19, 2021. And that's kind of pre-hunting season. So I imagine that we're going to have a hunting focus, and we can certainly emphasize locating, ranging, and engaging hunting-sized targets as well as... um, everything else that we do. So, so, so that's a pretty full schedule in, in Colorado. And that's just the beginning. Yeah. But Colorado is nice for us um, because we do have the Fort Morgan. We have those wins. We have a lot of that stuff that, you know, the target package is, is big to small all the way out. I mean, almost every state or yard line has a minimum of three targets, big, medium, and small. And so you can fine tune your dope and all that. But, um, yeah, the, 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 what we've put together, of course, a fire-wise, training package-wise, brand new, ready to go, looking forward to it. Yeah, and then all the assessment data that we can provide mm-hmm. people to really show them like what, what numbers mean what and how do you train that. And, and speaking of that, let's jump in. I had a question, and we'll do kind of like a Jacob thing here, but a question came up. I got hit on um, Facebook Messenger there. Let me see if I can get into my Facebooky and Messenger, and I think it was Cole who actually asked me the question, and let me pop in here, and I'll read it. So it's nice. It's a little, it's a wind-centric question that we were asked, and it's basically they want us to verbalize what we're looking at 
and how to be a better spotter. So this will be a short little quick thing, but think about, Chris can jump into it fast because you have a process for looking at the wind. And I would just give some people some high points of what they might see in the class and how you would verbalize spotting for somebody. Sure. I think spotting for wind is different than spotting for a shooter. But but if you're spotting for a shooter, you want to be you know above and behind the shooter in the line of fire so that you don't have any optical or, or kind of parallax issues mm-hmm. with how you're looking at it. I think one of the biggest spotting issues that I've seen with with, with people calling shots is that they, they don't take into account that they're six feet to the right. And so where they see the impact off the plate could be out of line with Correct. the trajectory of the rifle. And with that, I notice it's that millisecond delay from when the bullet hits the ground and the dirt comes up to like either the person blinks or just misses it and they see the dirt in motion. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't see it originate, they see it in motion and sometimes they'll call it on the wrong side. Yeah, I think that that's very helpful. And also you want to have a very clear image. And, and, and I think there's that tendency to always be on max power, max power, max power. But backing off, I mean, some of these spine scopes have tremendous amounts of magnification. The problem is it's not as crisp of an image. We're always chasing lower power. We use the 15 and smaller power spotters. That's Bushnells we use. They go down to eight power. We're uh, on my uh, Zeiss Heinsoltz. I never go over 20. My other one's 15 as well. I want to spot on the least amount of power most of the time. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that you can gather from not only being able to see a decent picture of the terrain around, but also really make out where that bullet hits and then the impact of kind of dirt flying, grass moving. And if you're you're zoomed in too much, sometimes that clarity, that detail Mm -hmm. that you see is really limited. And then go about your call. What's the call? I do direction and distance from center, mm-hmm. right? Main crosshair is going to go into the wind. So there's your direction. So if the wind's coming from the left, main crosshairs are going left. So you're going to give somebody a call in the value they're shooting, mills or MOA, whatever they happen to be. And you want to give them that, uh, that call to center. I see people, some people will run the edge a lot. And it's weird that they go to the edge. They talk a lot edge too, but I'm always calling to center. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a great point. I think that, you know, I, I always want to know from center how many mills mm-hmm. the impact was from center of plate, but it's not uncommon to hear, oh, it's a plate to the right or half a plate to the right. or or But maybe that comes to people not having a reticle that mm-hmm. they can measure it from or um, well, so I, I think it's not that. reading the reticle like, correctly there it's almost like people who screw up a ruler you know what i mean it, it, it's like uh, you know i'm four eights you know it's like okay yeah, yeah. You, you know you're not a half mil away no, i'm four eights it's like okay right but, 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 but like just off plate can mm-hmm. mean a lot of different things yeah. to a lot of different people and that doesn't really give you a good correction but if the spotter was behind me and communicating data that i could use with my reticle I would probably run with it, but but of course, like the higher your skill level, the more you're going to see it yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, you could measure it yourself and say, okay, cool. But if somebody's off to the side, I tend not to listen very much. Right, right. But I mean, just as a as a general shooter and not spotting for someone, uh, real quick, you you tend to look using your spotter for the boil on the mirage, right? So mm-hmm. just in the beginning, 
Chris is using his spotter with the wind or his binoculars, and he's scanning that horizon until he finds the boil or the direction it's coming from. I mean, you know a general area which way the wind's coming, and then you're going to look from there to find the boil, and then that's your kind of um, your point of origin. Yeah, I think that that you know from traveling around and just seeing different terrain and how environments make mirage look different. I've kind of given up on those old pictures of, you know, this is three to four miles an hour, or 45 is... Yeah, the wind and leaves don't do anybody any good. If you go to South Carolina, maybe that holds true, but it doesn't hold true in Utah, and it doesn't hold true in Washington the same way. So, But what does hold true is that we're looking at wind direction and wind velocity. And, and wind velocity can be measured, and then you can consider your knowledge of terrain, but, but the actual direction could be misleading. And one good data point, uh, you know, aside from where you're at, is trying to find the boil in the wind. And so rather than looking for the angle, try to, you know, scan around with your spotting scope until the mirage essentially goes straight up, right? Or it disappears. But if you go to the right, you can start to see it kind of going off to one direction. And then if you go left of that spot, it'll go off the other direction. That, you know, in the distance, because you're looking right down range, in the distance, that's the direction that the wind's generally coming from. And it could be different, but now you're seeing something that a bullet's going mm-hmm. to experience. And then if you can't see that, or even if you can, if you turn around 180 degrees and see where's the wind going to and 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 try to line those up. And I always grab a piece of brass or something and I draw a line that the spotter was facing for the you know the mirage is that way and then if I turn around the mirage is that way and sometimes they're not perfectly in line with one another because the terrain's bending it and moving it and then I'll try to figure out what direction it is with my Kestrel and try to decide okay you know it's coming from 11 o'clock in the mirage but where I am it's coming from nine o'clock what could be happening and how's that going to affect the, right. the trajectory of the bullet? And then you'll make your wind call according to that. People so look at it like a straight line, and it's never a straight line. It's always moving slightly a little bit this way, a little bit that way. It comes back a little this way. And so they look at it as it's like an arrow mm-hmm. to the target. And it does, like you said, it bends and kind of curves around terrain so it can push off that center. Mm-hmm. So that's a good good point to make up for people that there, it's not always a perfectly straight line depending on your terrain, especially talking cameo and places in the mountain. Those hills, valleys, and things are going to channel it, move it, and twist it all around. Mm-hmm. You could be in a shadow. You could be in a funnel. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. And then, of course, you got to take those data points and shoot and then extrapolate where the shot went to mm-hmm. what did the bullet experience and then you kind of marry those up and you start developing okay when, when you know when the mirage is this way and this way and I'm getting this but I'm seeing you know maybe I measured 10 miles per hour and I've got a, a nine o'clock where I'm at and 11 o'clock where right. the mirage is coming from but what I shot was a six then I can start saying okay I'm going to go in between these values and it's generally you know, coming from this clock angle, and then I'll start making that rule. Okay, you know, this is what I'm seeing, and I'm going to cut these this way, and mm-hmm. that could raise your your hit percentage um, a lot. Although, you know, what we see in Fort Morgan and at Cameo 
is very similar in that the wind direction slowly changes throughout the day. And so what you might determine in the morning might apply in the evening in the opposite direction, but in the middle of the day, wind might be going uphill or downhill, and then you get those funneling yeah. and, and, and increased compression forces on the wind where you might be measuring 10, but the bullet is saying 15. Well, remember that the one we had, the um, it was like we were measuring 8, 10, and it was like 12 to 15, and it was this one little spike area that was coming out. And part of the believe the bullet is we put the numbers backwards. So we're reading the wind at us. Then we go and hit the plate and center punch it. Then you look at that number, the distance, and then you go, okay, well, what does that mean in miles per hour? And it's like, well, here I'm standing, I'm reading 8 to 10, and that's telling me it's a 12 to 15 impact. You know, so you have to be nimble enough to see that, realize that, and constantly be playing those numbers in your head. What did that hit mean compared to what I was expecting? Right, right. Is it, I think that's where the marriage between gravity ballistics and the quick wind system works really well because rather than trying to calculate complex things in the moment, you, you're able to say, okay, look, this is working. Mm-hmm. This is what I need. And, and, and it'll get impacts. And then we'll figure out the specifics after. Yeah, quick win. We we're wait until we have some classes under our belt before we start talking about it. But I mean, from everything we've tested and looked at, Chris's quick wind, um, that craft easy wind, um, is looks like it's going to work very similar to gravity ballistics. You know what I mean? The numbers, the values, the way you do the math is nearly identical. Right. You need to know the range of the target. You need to know the impact data from at least one shot. Mm-hmm. And typically there, you're just crunching very simple calculations that you can do while you're shooting on the fly without thinking too much. It's not as complicated as some other methods. And, and it's generally within a tenth yeah. of those big calculations. I mean, really, it's going to come down to is how how teach talking about it and teaching it, um, how people are able to pick it up. And once we got that, then we'll be able to talk about it because it's like, do you understand? Do you get it? Okay, good. Now let's move forward. And from that point, it's easy, you know, but we're waiting until we get some people under our belt to make sure that we, we can explain it right. right <laughs> we don't right. go in a circle. But we do have uh, at least two guys that have taken it and tested it in competition and had uh, got trophies, got oh. first place from applying it rather than worrying about other systems. They've applied it. They're good shooters, but they're like, man, that worked really fast on the fly. And we're able to get in, in multiple styles of competition. So, you know, precision individual, precision team, field team, and then quantified performance. One of those was a win using quick and he, he melts. Like, mm-hmm. like this really worked and allowed me to think fast. Uh, so, so it works with carbines, works with bolt guns. I, I'm really happy because... It's just an aid to get right. impacts. It's another tool fast. in the toolbox. And you want tools that are fast and easy and, and as low tech as possible. And although the Gravity Ballistic app is out, that aids you in getting real impact data because the bullet's telling you. Well, because you visualize it. Right. You could see it. You're visualizing it. You, you understand because these numbers are so small. You understand and recognize these numbers a little bit. And it then your brain is just going to click because then the pattern starts to appear. So once the pattern starts to appear, then it becomes really easy for you just to go boom, 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 right down the line because now 
you've picked up on the pattern because you've seen it. That's the thing, like I'm looking at Chris's Kestrel over here. That's the problem with other apps and different things where you never see the engine. You never see how it runs. You just get a number that's spit out. I got to go there. It spits you out a number. But you don't know where that number was developed. With Gravity Ballistics, you're actually seeing it unfold and develop. The pattern is apparent, and it's really easy to visualize yeah. once you use it. Like in my, my coaching program, I talk a lot about the mental components. Mm -hmm. We actually just had a conversation that I think plays right into this. And that's, you know, as humans, as, as animals and creatures, our brain are problem solvers. So we look for patterns. Right. And we look for this works, this works, but it doesn't work here. And, and then we get curious, like it doesn't work here. It doesn't work here. And we try to think about it, but technology kind of takes that away. So you're like, you know, I think about it a little bit like Let's well, I put my food in the microwave and I hit a button and it cooks. But how many people can't light a fire? Yeah. If, 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 the, if the microwave breaks, you think, oh, no, I have this food, but I can't cook it. I'm going to starve to death. Wait a minute. Let's, with what, what I like about gravity ballistics, what I like about the quick wind is you're not saying default, it needs to tell me what to do. It needs to tell me mm -hmm. what to do. You're thinking, okay, when I do this, I get this result. That should happen every time. And it does. And it does. And it does. And then you're thinking, me, me, me. And then you see problems that arise. And then your brain keeps curious. And it keeps asking yeah. questions. Oh, man. When I do this, what happens? But if, if if somebody's doing that with a Kestrel, oh, my God, my data's off. Oh, my God, my gun's wrong. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's too tense off. It's yeah, too tense off. You start blaming the system <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the algorithms. But it doesn't know the difference between the number you're inputting and the output is just giving you a number, but but rather than thinking, let's troubleshoot this, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, my PC might be off, my gun might be off. And and when you think the other way of, man, when I shoot a hundred to a thousand, this is my drop. Right. And I know that. And so if I need to shoot eight hundred, I've done it so many times, this is my drop. You know, yeah. this is my drop at three hundred. And then you start thinking about your actual experience instead mm -hmm. of this has given me good info all along why is this info not good and, and, and rather than look let's just fix it and, and go on think about our experience and 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 i do think that it's a subtle shift but it's so important to growing because you're now letting your brain do i used to say done. this with coaching remember the old school coaching slung up high power shooting and you'd break the shot and the coach would say, where were the sights when the shot broke? Because you're going to recoil and come off target with sort of a slung up high power rifle. You're going to rock off target. So the guy says, where were the sights when the shot broke? We're on the bipod, rear bag, game changer in the back, all this stuff. Where are the sights? Because we could see. And... In the past, you gave somebody an excuse. Where were the sites? Well, if they didn't see, you were like, I don't worry about it. You didn't see it. But to now, it's where are the sites? You should see it. And it's that one change. Where were to where are? And that's the same thing you're talking about because now you're visualizing it. You start knowing anywhere from 0.8 to 1.2 mils is going to be 300 yards. You start seeing that, seeing that 0.8 to 1.2. Gravity ballistics, 1.0, 300 yard, I'm going to hit the target. 
Well, if every time you're looking at the math, 1.75 times 1, oh, you know that's 1 set? 4 is going to be one be anywhere from 1, 6 to 1, 8, right? So you're within that. Well, now you start to know this because you're seeing it. And the numbers and gravity ballistics are so small. When you look at them, your brain's going to start doing the math. Right. Because it's right. tiny. And you notice the patterns. Right. right. And people say like, oh, man, it's, you know, from here to here, every hundred yards is a mill. Oh, my gosh. Right. It's like, how long have you been looking at a device and didn't recognize that? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, so the next target is 50 yards, so I just have to come up five tenths. Like, you know, there you go. And, and and then now your brain is solving problems instead of, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's off. Two tenths. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have that, now you have this superpower. You have this, like, crazy supercomputer in your head that's actually working because your attention is on, yeah. like, I, I have experience doing this and I know how to solve this problem versus, oh my gosh, something's wrong, something's wrong, I don't know what to do. It's like, yeah, you do, slow down. <laughs> well, I mean, think of, if somebody's shooting a plate out there and the target's five feet in the air, there's dirt, or maybe not grass around it, it's up in the air on a T-post, there's grass, there's not dirt, you got grass, it's five feet up, and you're just off, a two-tenths low, and one-tenth right. You'll never see it. You don't know. And to you, it almost might look like it's hitting right behind the target. Mm-hmm. And it'll drive you crazy. Right. But this kind of stuff is what fixes that. Right. And it does very quickly. And it, it, it doesn't discredit any of the other stuff. If gravity ballistics is on, all the computers are going to say the same thing. Yeah. But and it gives you a fast way of saying, look, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to raise that target at 600. It's... And it is what it is. In my mind, it's the best way to dope a rifle and build a track in either your Kestrel or a ballistic calculator you're going to use to travel. So maybe you got your laser rangefinder connected, you got a SIG with AB in it, and you want to get that tuned up because you're doing hunter matches and field matches, and you just want to tap the target, and you want your SIG right. The gravity ballistics is going to give the SIG the best information possible. It's going to true up that SIG immediately, and there's no struggle. There's no truing with it. Once you have that track built in Gravity Ballistics, that info goes right to your Kestrel, and then you let your Kestrel travel with you and then tell you what Florida looks like compared to Colorado, what California is going to do versus you know North Carolina, and that's where you use that to travel. But for me, doping the rifle and building my track is easier with Gravity Ballistics. It just makes it makes my life so much easier that I do it in that first, and then I put it in the Kestrel or my watch. You know what I mean? I'm using the watch, so I'm going to build my watch. Yeah. And I just take the gravity ballistics data and quickly put it in the watch. Right. It only takes a couple shots. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a minute. And, and go. Now, uh, just it, to me, it's parallel but related. Um, Stability is important. I mean, if you if you take a shot and you're not stable, or, or or if you have a rifle craft number that's large, any shot you're going to take from a position might not have the same point of impact, point of aim. So you want to work to bring that down. And one of the things that we're going to do with this project here at the safe house is um, some stability deployment and group averages of different tripods. And Two mm-hmm. Vets was generous enough to give us all of their tripods oh nice so and over at two assess, beds. I, I love two beds you love two i beds. love two like beds i great use them. tripods and they're very stable but you know if you have the qdt 
that thing is a tank and mm -hmm. as stable as ever. But some people say, like, I'm not going to take the QDT hunting. I want to get the smallest one possible. But those small ones could have less stability. They might have more vibration. They might have more wobble. And what we're going to do is use lasers and weights and stability in, a, in this measurement system we're using for this project to really figure out mechanically what are you losing versus, you know, skill-wise, what do you need to take into consideration mm -hmm. when you're using Because I think you can absolutely shoot as well with a light hunting yeah. uh, tripod as a QDT, but we'll be able to measure... A, a, a steady group size of people is like, okay, how fast does it take to deploy the standing? How fast does it take to deploy the kneeling? And then what are the average group sizes maintained by each shooter using different tripods right. to show like, okay, your group might open up one tenth or two tenths or in this position, it compromises. The, you know, this, if, right. if, you, if you spread the legs out really wide and at, at, at full capacity, a heavy rifle might cause some bounce or some flex. So that'll feel like you're on a springboard uh, with the thinner legs. And so maybe you'll know this probably isn't the way I need to deploy this for a rifle because that rifle is going to have a little bounce and here's the consequences downrange. So I'm, I'm really excited to share that because Two Vets really is kind of the premier um, tripod. And, and I call it managed recoil. So the amount of pressure you're putting within the, the system behind the tripod is variable. How much pressure you use, how you sort of hang on that rifle or tripod, whatever you want to look at it, creates subtle variations. Whether it opens up your wobble zone, whether it closes your wobble zone, whether it allows you to see the result of the shot easier or not, maybe you're backing off so far that you're at like a 45% pressure and the muzzle jumps and you don't see the splash. But if you go to 75% pressure, you see the splash, but your wobble zone opens up to two tenths, you know. So there's these compromises that different size tripods exploit that we think we're going to be able to tell you and you might need to know. Like here you can do all kinds of things and there's no penalty. Here the more you do, the more penalty you're going to see. You know, those kind of things that come into play with our systems and what we're using. And, and we have the camera on the QDT, so I'm staring at it. But another thing is the stability deployability. That thing fully collapsed, for me, goes straight to high kneeling. So mm -hmm. the speed to high kneeling on that thing is instant. I just put it down. Whereas a shorter one, I might to get that same height, I might have to extend the legs a little bit to get there. And so which one for which position? And then that brings up the, the topic that, that um, usually is like a one-sided thing. Like, I'm going to teach you how to shoot tripods. If standing is this, set the tripod up to you so that you're in your perfect position. And, 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 and the argument of mm -hmm. why accommodate yourself to this object that you can adjust, let's get it to you perfect. Let's get it to you perfect. The flip side to that is you also need to know what happens immediate when not. deployment. Like I need to take a shot in the next 10 seconds and I'm going to use the tripod. Well, the QDT is immediately high kneeling. Mm -hmm. Some of the other ones are low kneeling. Um, and it might not be your ideal position, but it's good to know both. If I have time and opportunity, I can make it perfect. If I don't, I better be able to use it just as well. And, right. and it might require a slight change to your um, physical kind of position. But those two things, um, 
there's a time and a place for each. Like, okay, I have time. I can set it up to me perfectly. Great. But it's not perfect. You go to a match and the barricades, you're not going to say like, oh, this isn't perfect standing for me. Or, mm-hmm. or me, it is for me, but it's not for you. So, mm-hmm. so and, and, then it, and if there's a, a position that's perfect seated for you, shit, I might have to shoot at high prone. Right? Yeah. And so knowing those heights and which one to use uh, is, is very important because at some point in different terrain, there probably is a right choice and it's probably not the lightest one. Right. You know, I, right. And, and speaking, we just saw, because like I always bitch about the PRS barricade, the heights are not good for me. It's a skill stage that I have to adapt to. It's not a skill stage for me. It's an adaption stage for me because I have to adapt to those positions because they don't fit me very well. But now the, the barricade's changing. They're going to do the skill stage is going to be 10 shots, five positions, and two targets, big and small. So now you're going to have to adapt and you're no longer going to be able to do your 35-second barricade clean, you know, because they're not kind of repeating themselves the way they did. So even they're learning that things have to change. You have to develop. You have to adapt. And, and, and kudos to them. I start to see there's a little bit of – there's a little tiny trickle of media starting to come out of, like, the PRS people because they've been getting beat up for so long and – now some of the, like, I, I don't want to mention no names. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But some of the people who were the Frank fans that were down on the lower totem pole have stuck around long enough and have rotated higher. So now you're starting to see because they text me and called me when they were doing this early. So I knew about it before. So they're now they've lasted long enough and rotated high enough in sort of the ranks where they're asked about decisions. So they're just repeating me from three years ago, right. you know, that, all that stuff. So it's funny. But, you know, just a good idea for you and stuff, because I, I like some precision and speed, and I like that style uh, for, for what it exploits mm-hmm. in terms of technique and stuff. If they had five, if it was five positions, if mm-hmm. they had five different types. tripods, and they said, okay, during your prep phase, set it up to your standing, your kneeling, your whatever, and you adjusted it so that it was perfectly for you, and I could adjust it so it was perfectly for me. Now mm-hmm. we're comparing the exact same thing. Now it's apples to apples. Right. And to me, that's where a craft drill should be a skill stage more than a barricade. Because the barricade, they're telling you you have to be at this height regardless of who you are. Big or small, you're either going to crush down or move up. If you happen to be in the butter zone in the middle, you're good. Right? But with the tripods, if you like you're saying with the craft drill or something like that, that's a skill because everybody's technically equal. Now, time and deployment are different, but that's the skill part of it, how fast you are to deploy and how well you shoot once you deploy it, but you're setting it up for you. So I'm not compromising the tripod. I'm trying to get to a time and score that meets a standard where the skill stages and some of these so-called skill stages like I say, they're adaption stages, so you're adapting based on your body type to right. something fixed. Right, right. So, so like, I'm, you know, I'm probably, I don't know, I'll probably get, like, tarred and feathered, but I can't imagine the short-action precision guy having a speed record on the PRS barricade. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah Nathan, right, right, Nate. Great, but, but he, well, he even me, great. I have to stay, I can't do the standing because once the rifle's on the barricade standing... The scope is three inches over my head. So I then have to stand on something. Nate, those two other people do as well. George, right? Yeah, George George with no legs or something like that. He could set up a tripod so that for him it was 
as high as he can be, mm-hmm. three quarters of his high as he can be. Right. One, and and that's exactly kind of my point of skill implies equal for everyone. Right. Like if you said we're going to do prone 300, 600, 800, you got to hit, you know, group, small target, something. That's the same for everybody. We're all going to get prone. We're all going to shoot the same target. But, you know, with this, it's like one person's on their tippy toes, one person's on their knees, and then you got a couple of people just crouched in the middle. Everybody's different. So, But imagine like a huge shooter, something, you know, giant barrel-chested guy who's prone is literally like two feet off the ground. Right, right. Well, if they had to shoot under something that was only six inches, well, they, they can't physically get down that low. What what are they going to do? Like, it's just not never going to happen. So, so make it apples to apples. But that's the cool thing about a tripod is, it does both. It adjusts to you, and you adjust to it. And getting familiar with those tripods is amazing. Yeah, and it's quick. Yeah. It's 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 probably the best tool we have right now. And on top of that, Dan, who owns and runs the company, is probably the nicest guy, and drives all over the freaking country like by himself to go to matches to support to sponsor to film. He came to the Guardian. Instead of shooting it, he filmed the whole thing for them because yeah. they were like, "Hey, the the camera guys didn't come." And he's like, okay, I won't shoot, and I'll film for you. It's like, man, not a lot of people are do that. No, say, and, and, oh, and there's some math, but I think I'll just film for you instead of shoot. But um, it, it's looking like a good 2024 season. I see some positive changes across the board. Um, it seems like we're not chasing equipment the way we were. Which is great. Right, which is awesome. I mean, there was a time with the blocks, the inserts, the things, the, the wedges, that people were chasing that. Now everybody kind of just filtered out where you know if you're talking beyond a game changer, you're probably wasting everyone's time. The stocks have devised to work really well for both tripod and bag. Flat bottoms, really well done. Um, so I don't see the gear race other than maybe caliber a little bit, but I don't see the gear race. Yeah, it seems like 25 Creedmoor is becoming more Yeah, that's more becoming big, and that's where the gear race is going to go. into. And you know what? I'm really fine playing caliber games. I don't have a problem with that. It's when you're chasing equipment that's kind of ridiculous. You know, the guy's got a, he's got a 30-inch barrel, 308, that weighs 28 pounds. What are we doing? There is no practical application for that, and you want to go win production with a 28-pound, 30-inch barrel, 308. Give me a break. Well, but you know what? Like, I, I got to give props to some of the, the better, more successful competitors out there. Because this year, I didn't shoot, but I listened to some podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, I took a media break the last couple months. But um, what I have heard across the board from, from all styles, field shooting, team shooting, hunter shooting, PRS shooting, they've all been more or less saying the same thing, which is... Oh, I just used the rifle I used last year. Yes, they've boiled it down. It's been boiled down. So people are hearing like, well, you know, if if I'm shooting a five-inch group, I can change all this gear to get it to a two-inch group. But these guys are shooting one to one. The targets are one to one and a half MOA, right? Half half a mil. And 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 they're saying, yeah, you you can do that to get from five to three, five to two. But to get from two smaller, that's you. You don't have you don't time to mess with that stuff. Just work on shooting. Mm-hmm. And and everybody's been saying, well, what do you do? Well, I shoot. And what do you use? Well, I use this bag and this rifle. And I've used it for the last season, two seasons, three right. seasons. Wait, what? They're getting familiar with the, the one thing? thing. Yeah, you use the same gear? You haven't upgraded anything? Like, no, it works. And I'm, I'm like, 
what? You didn't do all this crazy brass prep? Like, no, I don't have time. I clean it and I reload it and I go to the next match. Mm-hmm. What? Because because you see these, you can see big changes when the groups are are big. Right. But now people are at such a high level and they're doing things at such a, a high detail that the answer is the shooter yeah. interacting with you. I mean, the only thing I can say I've seen is is that they do redo their barrels a lot pretty fast when the guys are sponsored. They'll nuke a barrel fast and they'll rechange it. But they might be shooting five barrels a oh, it, Well, exactly. I mean, they are shooting a lot, but that's the thing the average guy's not doing. They are, even if they are shooting quite a bit, right. they're probably shooting beyond the limit of what the, these guys are doing for a barrel because they won't spend the money. Well, it's freaking expensive. expensive. No, it's 700 to 900 for, but yeah. And but so some of our project here, like I'm excited to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They don't shoot any rounds. Like it, it's yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll have no barrel. They're, they're right. going to be able to do field PRS. They're going to be do precision. They're going to be able to do three gun, two gun, tactical, whatever. And 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 um, to be able to train for a hunter match with no ammo, without rounds, and do everything is is, is pretty freaking exciting. So um, and we should probably not talk about that anymore. But but I'm I'm really excited because then that takes the everyday person that says, "Man, I can't spend forty thousand a year." To yeah, shoot. yeah, but then the potential. Imagine the having the same number of reps for ten a year, right? With feedback, and mm-hmm. it's like man, there might be very talented people that financially can't train, right? If you eliminate that barrier, we might see incredible talent come up and a lot of developments and technique and, and really fine-tuned skill. Yeah, and that's where it's going now, technique and the calibers. I think I think what they're doing with reloading, and we're talking a little bit to show some reloading and stuff because we're both doing it. I'm doing it with the Valkyrie, and, and we're going to do some other calibers too. But um, I think that is the area that's not expensive. It's time, really. Right. And where you can see huge gains. I, I After paying attention to Ryan, paying attention to what I'm seeing, like you said, around different places, the Facebooks and those on the hide, just that reloading and getting those numbers down, that SD of five or below, just completely changes the game. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt just just because, mm-hmm. like, I totally agree, but we're I don't want to run out of time. Mm-hmm. And I realized we didn't talk about if you go to snipershide.com and you look at the tabs up top on Hide TV. If you hit Hide TV, right, and that should populate to a page um, that at the top has uh, I'm in a different window there, but it has training. Snipers Hyatt has an online training school mm-hmm. program built in. There's Frank has his Snipers Hyatt training, and I have Riflecraft training. The huge advantage to this is that we can have virtual online classes with lessons and instructions that save you from traveling to a map, to a class. Because if yeah. a class costs you a thousand dollars, but it costs you two thousand to get there, rent a car, get a hotel, mm-hmm. get food. You've, you 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 might you might end up spending you know that's three thousand dollars. You could do the class and stay home, go to your range, and have the time. Say, okay, this week, I want you to go to the range and shoot this paper or this right. distance. And then at home, I want you to do these 
Now, the cost benefit of not having to travel and do it at your own time, at your own pace, is going to be a game changer. I think in 2024, um, it, you know, in addition to the coaching program that I have, those online lessons are going to produce shooters in 2025. I mean, we might see it at the end of the season yeah. now, but but it takes months to give real skill development. But spreading it out over months, either towards the end of the season or in 2025, my prediction is the number of top shooters is going to double or triple from stuff like that. Well, and I'll get into it, but unfortunately, this just got dropped with us. I mean, Chris and I just had the first sort of lesson on the training side last week, right? Wasn't it last Tuesday? Yeah. It was like a week ago. So we just dropped this, and, and what happens is the app drops. So Sniper's Hide app that gives you access to the community, gives you access to the articles in the front page and the forum and all that. We have a high TV in there now, and they just updated it a month ago. And unfortunately, it's minus weather and snow, so we can't run right out to the range and film stuff and show you. And there is a little change in the live I have to get a clarification on. But the high TV is going to be a video platform. Chris's stuff will be in there. My stuff will be in there. We'll be bringing the CR2 guys' stuff in there. You will have access to not only lives, not only lessons, but you can set up meetings and one-on-one through the app with people. So you want to talk to Chris about something, you can go out to your range, pull your phone up, hit the live, log in with Chris, and through your phone, you can have a lesson. A one-on-one. A one-on-one. You can do a meeting, a conversation. Like I said, I'm. I have to actually call them again because we were going to pull it up here today, and there's a link that's not happening uh, that I have to relink. But if you go to Sniper's High, the High TV, go look at the. There's videos you can look at that are the lives. There's some videos from Vimeo. But this is going to be where you're not only going to be able to find videos for Sniper's Hide, Riflecraft, etc., but you're going to find lives. You're going to find meetings and lessons. You're going to be able to go one-on-one. It's, it's a whole virtual coach in your hand in the Sniper's Hide app. With like access said, straight to us. Right, so right to just us. Just find the channel. Subscribe to the channel. If you want to subscribe to Frank, subscribe to Snipers mm-hmm. High. If you want to subscribe to Riflecraft and me, subscribe to Riflecraft. Subscribe to both, and you'll get updates when there are new videos, when there's new meetings. We're just organizing it and putting it together. Like I said, it dropped in the middle of the holidays. It dropped in the middle of the bad weather. So it, it's kind of one of these things where, like, okay, we got to set it up. We're in the process of setting all that up. We're 99% there. I, like I said, I thought I was going to go live today. But there's a link not connecting. It wasn't talking to um, like the YouTubes. But you'll see lessons populating mm-hmm. the next month like crazy on all of it. You'll see lessons, meetings, calendar dates, classes. and the I mean, options. even the guys with the Mark fans, you'll be able to reach out to Mark if you want to. And I told Mark could get set up in this and he can go and have one-on-ones with people. And even though he's, he's not mobile as he was, you can still do this kind of thing with people in the bad weather virtually we can look at the video and say that's what you're doing and watch you while you're shooting and you're just going to use your phone and right. so it's really really good stuff it'll integrate to the yeah it's going to be a complete training high tv is going to be a complete training package it's going to have the lives it's going to have other instructors it's really going to be 
a complete package for everybody. I'm so looking forward to high TV and what they did with it, the power that's under the hood here. And, and if you look, it's changing a little bit as we set it up. Uh, I had guys try to sign up for a dollar. Like there was a placeholder of a buck in there for certain things. And, and they're like, no, it's not ready yet. Get away from it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's coming. And it doesn't just jump out when you go to Sniper's Head. You have to go to the TV and then you'll get the menu for the channels. Take a look so, at it. Cruise around. So, yeah. Look at the Gravity Ballistics app. And there is a Gravity Ballistics page on Sniper's Hide that has the uh, like a light version of the app. It only works from 200 out. You can't put in like 600, 800. But it'll populate from 200 out and give you an idea of what the app looks like. But I added, like this is going to be for classes. This will be your payment gateway so you won't have to go to another site when you pay for my class like i used to send you to a site precision rifle training you you picked a uh did you do a two-day class or three-day class and it took you to a paypal thing everything is going to be self-contained in snipers high through the app on your phone even part of that gravity ballistics is there and i'm thinking march we're probably going to add the quick win to it maybe a little later may but think of the quick win. I mean, all this is going to drop, and it's really cool. And you guys are going to like it. Yeah, the yeah. lessons, the videos. Lessons, videos, everything. everything's coming up. Like I said, the weather, I mean, it's minus five this morning when we got up. There's snow on the ground. So we just couldn't run out and film stuff for you right away. But we're working to do these things. We're setting up, but we have a, a studio set up here at the safe house. So we could do the talking heads in the studios with you guys. Uh, we built the walls, the chalkboards, the whole things. We're playing around right now filming it so we can see what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. But the safe house is basically our, our office for Riflecraft Sniper's Hide. Yeah, and the next year it is going to change the level of lots of shooters. Yeah, it, it, it's focusing our attention a little bit, I guess is a good way to put it. Right, and providing people access to the things that they need to get better rather than just a generic mm -hmm. trying to, try to fit into a one-size-fits-all thing. They can literally figure out what they're needing and then work specifically on those things. Yeah, but I mean, in, in part of it, you'll, you'll have um, the Straight Dope podcast coming out of here. You'll have the Everyday Sniper podcast coming out of here. We're going to start the videos going pretty soon. Um, like I said, we're just cleaning up and putting everything together. We just, God, what was it, a month we built all this? And yeah. <laughs> the funny part, remember, we, we, we built this wall, and we set it all up, and then we came back the next day, and the wall was oh, on the ground. <laughs> the wall was on the ground. We were like, whoa, where'd everything go? Right, right. Yeah, we were like, oh, shoot. On top of all the machinery and equipment. Yeah, there's machinery in here. There's equipment. I mean... It's so cool in this place. It, it, it really is pretty neat. But we're going to be bringing you such content for precision rifle shooting, for handgun shooting, for reloading. All this stuff is, is really just going to ramp up to the next level over the next six, nine months. I mean, it's just going. Yeah, yeah I'm super excited. Yeah. Our right now is probably like 200. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're just having fun. Shoot already? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's like we only can show like certain things like a little bit because there's like some public stuff but then there's proprietary it's like you show the public stuff and it's like oh that's super cool it's like a quarter of it yeah you know <laughs> it's like it is but it's like a quarter of it yeah. kids in the toy store over here yeah. and then some mm -hmm. like but stream. sniper's hide app 
in your Play or Apple Store, the Gravity Ballistics app in your Play Canada. We just got it up in Canada. Apparently, it wasn't active in Canada. There was a hiccup. And I found out today, and they fixed it today. Canada, the Gravity Ballistics app is there for you guys. Go for it. But um, totally looking forward to all of this with you guys. And, um, yeah, Straight Dope Podcast. You can kind of go out and give your sponsors or whatever. Say hi to your people. So you hey, some- peeps. I, I, yeah, I mean, we're going to cut this and put it on our podcast. But I would just say, like, you know, if, if you're in the coaching program and come through, we'll show you the safe house. We, you know, we could bring you in here and show you what's going on. But otherwise, uh, you know, everything that we've talked about, the courses, March, April, at Fort Morgan, May, June, September, October. And one-on-ones and individuals and things. Um, if you want to get a hold of Chris, because a lot of people ask to come and do stuff with Chris, uh, absolutely you can book one-on-ones and mentors and things like and that. And that'll be through the Sniper's Hide. Yeah, you can do so it through the Hide. You can do it on there. Yep, totally. Hit up the TV, see their channels, subscribe to the channels and get updates. And it's going to change. Uh, the media and the content, and we're we're still pumping out podcasts now every week, so that should continue. You'll be at Shot Show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Shot Show next week, so on Monday I'll be there. Uh, the lives will be coming back in. Like I said, I just got to link one thing. I'm getting a hiccup, you know, linking because it updated and changed the connection point for me. Um, but then, yeah, we're going to be bringing to you this content to your hand, man, right to your phone. Uh, right here, living rooms and you know your TVs and stuff. So look forward to that. Yeah, really good. And then uh, yeah, we'll we'll have the two vets tripod stability deployability kind of data coming out. We'll we'll probably present that in an article mm-hmm. in, in a video. Uh, I, I think it would be good check out Chris's stuff. article. Chris been putting a lot of articles up on Sniper Side, the front page. Your rifle too heavy. Your reality monster. Uh, how why we train. There's a bunch of really great articles Chris has been putting up, and we've been putting them every week. And this week we're going to do a wind one, just to talk about some of the stuff that we mentioned today about, you know, look, finding the boil, mm-hmm. finding, and then using your Kestrel to figure out the angles of it, because angles are so important, angle and velocity. If you get the angle wrong, you could still miss the shot. If cool, you get the cool, velocity cool. wrong, you still miss the shot. But anyway, yeah, let's go. This is uh, 58 minutes and sign off to awesome. your, you got sponsors you got to talk to? I just, I just say, oh. see you next time. Oh, see you next time, sponsors. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper podcast and the Straight Dope podcast. Cheers. Beauty. That was good. Man, that's so much stuff. We can cut it into like mm-hmm. four. Probably. That's like four four major themes cut up. But we could do that and then have like all sorts of cool shit. We'll publish that and then we can break it down into submenu for the high TV stuff. That would be cool to have audio snippets of like sub-menu. Do you have a um, airdrop on? Uh, yeah, on my... On or if my not, I could try to text it. To, uh, yeah, if you could airdrop it to the MacBook. Yeah, I could do that. There we go. There it is. I'll post that today. Yeah, me too. All right, I got to get a hold of Alex then and get that um, mm-hmm. sorted out. That's easy enough to do. Like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, shit, that doesn't look. <laughs>